listeners call in if you think king arthur was real we don't do calls we don't <laughs> hand out our phone numbers on the internet hello, hello? Teaching our children internet safety hello? we need to model it too king arthur is real is that what you said oh thank you listener who just called in what do you think of that acting was that pretty good i'm glad you're a director dylan Fair. <laughs> Everybody's got a little thing to say about the stuff they love. Pop culture, Rebel and Amanda are gonna teach their dads, Phil and Dylan, if they're willing. If they're willing to. Hop on, pop culture. Hop on, pop culture. Hop on, pop culture now. A couple old friends are gonna ask their kids about books and movies. And TV shows, and those two guys might open their eyes and see it's all just a big surprise. They're gonna hop on, So, Phil, I've been thinking a little bit about play acting recently. Well, you're a director. I'm a director. We went I know. to college for theater. So why wouldn't Together. I be thinking about this? I, why would you not all be the thinking? Time? This is not odd for you to be thinking <laughs> about play acting. I know. I think specifically because Mal has been getting way more into it recently. You know, his imaginative play has has really blossomed over the past like four or five months. Welcome to a fun new era. I know it's it's great. It's like I'm just sitting there watching him make up stories that he's like pulling from all these different sources and stuff. I'm like, cool. So dinosaurs playing with McQueen from Cars and like, okay, great. And they're encountering Thomas and they're saving him from dinosaurs. Great. So Mal is picking characters from media that he's consumed. Exactly. Rebel does the same thing. She makes us be villains from My Little Pony or from Trolls. Nice. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that Mal has really glommed onto, and I think anybody who's met him over the past few months would probably agree, is Robin Hood. Yes. He he made note that he himself was, in fact, Robin Hood. That's right. He That's how he's been introducing himself to people, including his teachers at his preschool. He He went in and said, hi, my name is Robin Hood. What's your name? And they said, oh, I thought your name was Malcolm. And he's like, no, it's Robin Hood. And they're like, oh, what if we call you Robin? He's like, no, it's Robin Hood. <laughs> so you have to say the full thing. Well, I'm happy that he's asserting himself and speaking up for how he wants to be addressed. Absolutely. What did they wind up doing? Did they wind up just acquiescing and calling him Robin Hood? Yeah, they, they started calling him Robin Hood. But then on day, a day-by-day basis, it changes. So like sometimes he wants to be called Malcolm and sometimes Mal and sometimes Robin Hood. So he'll tell us. Did you ever pick your own nickname as a youth? Not that I remember. I'm sure I did. You never went point. to like summer camp and were like, no, nah, I, I, nah, we ne- I don't think we could afford summer camp. We just never went, you know, because my dad, I mean, your dad was a teacher too. My dad was a teacher. Well, we went to a YMCA week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Things. Yeah, no, yeah. not not that I'm aware of. In retrospect, of. very Christian. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was fun. It was good. It was a good time on the lake. I don't think I was aware enough of what else was happening. Yeah, like, exactly. Well, when you're now. a kid, you just don't know. But the crazy thing is when Mal decides to go by Robin Hood, that means that I am Little John and Amy is Maid Marian. So okay. he will also introduce us to people as this is Little John. Or this is made Marion. 
Should I use these uh, theater degrees that we have to point out how Oedipal that is? No. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> because I, I, every time he does it, I definitely point that out to Amy and she's like, absolutely not. That is not what's happening. We are not, <laughs> we're not going there. <laughs> Was it just an easy joke or like, why do we go to that so fast? I don't know. I mean, it's just when you're a theater person, that's just kind of what you do, right? You go to the Oedipal complex. That's that's what you lean into. But he got into it because of the uh, the 1973 Robin Hood movie, the Disney 1973 animated film. That was 1973. Yeah. Crazy, right? I wasn't born until over a decade later. Yeah, same here. But I remember growing up and loving it, which is why I showed it to him. Because I was like, this is one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid. Did you watch so, it often? Oh, all the time. This is this was like one of the ones that was in my rotation as a kid. It was like this and Great Mouse Detective were my two favorites. Oh, I loved Great Mouse Detective, but only my grandma Harriet had that one. So we only watched it at her place. I showed Mel Robin Hood over the summer when he was sick one day because I was like, yeah, Let's try this. He likes animals. There's foxes in this. And he glommed onto Every it. Every character like... is an anthropomorphic animal. This is the, when you think about the Disney classics, they started with Bambi. Yeah. No humans at all, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the animals were realistic. And then the next several movies featured specifically human characters. Mm-hmm. Cartoons, but humans. And then this is their return to animals, no humans, but now that it's all a different style. Yeah, exactly. I I had never really thought about that before, but yeah, you're right. It's like they are animals with human personalities and acting like humans would. Robin Hood 1973 crawled so that Zootopia could run. Byron Howard, the guy who directed Zootopia, has said that this movie, this Robin Hood, is the reason he made Zootopia. I can absolutely see the parallel between this Robin Hood and Nick. This is the reason he made that. He loved this movie as a kid. And it's kind of gotten a reputation as being a cult classic among Disney fans because it was panned when it came out. Was it? Oh, yeah. People, a lot of people watched it. But like across the board, critics said, this is garbage. This is a terrible movie. This doesn't capture any of the magic of a Disney movie. No. Oh, yeah. Really? It was like, and well, and people called out. I I know you just watched it. I was just watching this, and the thought that I had was, you know what? This is way better than Wish. Yeah. 2023. It is a good movie, but people called out the fact that they were repeating animation you know, because there's a there's a song that happens. In I know this why. Movie. I know why they did it. You're talking about the song that they sing in the camp after they've successfully had. Was that before the jailbreak? Or, yeah, that was before the jailbreak. Before the right? jailbreak. Yeah. Before the jailbreak. Yeah, they have a big party in the woods. Maid Marian is there. They have a big dancing thing. Little John the bear does a dance with the the handmaiden who's the chicken. Yeah. And that yeah, dance clucky. is. Shot for shot, frame for frame, the dance that Baloo in Jungle Book does with mm-hmm. the orangutan. Yeah. King Louie. With King Louie. Took me a second to remember his name, King Louie. But the reason he did that is because he wanted, the director, he stated that he wanted to do something that he already knew would work. Mm-hmm. And it was, honestly, it was harder for them at the time with the technology on hand to copy and recreate those existing animations, it was more difficult for them to do that than it would have been to just create original choreography mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and yeah. illustrations, animations even. 
Yeah. Well, and they they not only took the dance from Jungle Book, some of the the, the interspersed uh, crowd scenes that are in that song also come from other movies as well. Some of them come from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Oh, yes. And well, then Maid Marian's moves were from Snow White and the Seven yeah. Dwarves. And some of her moves were also directly lifted from the Aristocats. The Arist- exactly, the Aristocats. And in addition, the reason they did it also is because they just ran out of time. They didn't have, the studio wouldn't allow them any more time to come up with to, with a storyboard for it. There's no time to be creative. Just do the blue dance already. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. It's fine. We need the money. We need to get this going. The internet doesn't exist. There's no one who will call us out reliably. We'll That's gaslight right. them all. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> I'm Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so going back for a second, Phil, my my question for you is, what is your experience with Robin Hood in general, with the character of Robin Hood? Like, wh- when do you first remember hearing about him? It's a folk legend. You know, you, you hear about it. Gradually, as you grow up, you know, it's something that's mm-hmm. just in the world and you slowly become aware of it. I'm not sure when exactly I did. I'm sure that it was probably from this that seems likely yeah. that I would have been exposed to this as an early Robin Hood story. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember ever being read like books about Robin Hood or anything yeah. like that. I was watching on Comedy Central and it was Mel Brooks's Robin Hood Men in Tights with Carrie Ulwis and mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. and whole bunch of other names um and that was my that was i like i was watching that on cable television and i mm-hmm. thought this is a really funny movie yeah i love these gags i love this stuff you know it was it was uh sort of towards the beginning of me discovering zucker brothers and things like oh, that. oh yeah yeah um and i love that Rob, mel, mel brooks's robin hood men in tights now there's this thing about me and michelle will tell you this if something exists I have heard the parody of it before <laughs> I have become aware of the original. Yeah. So many right. years later, like I'm talking decades later, or maybe not decades, a long time later. Mm-hmm. I'm and I'm I'm with Michelle and I'm seeing for the first time Robin Hood with <laughs> Kevin Costner. Ah, okay. All and right. I'm watching this and I'm just thinking to myself, huh. I've seen this movie before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. Is Robin Hood Men in Tights a shot for shot parody of this movie? Yeah. Well, and that's that's what I was thinking about when I rewatched this animated movie too. I was like because I I also love Robin Hood Men in Tights. And I was like, wait, was Mel Brooks parodying the Disney version of this? And no, I was like, he, no. He went for it, the it, throat with the Kevin, with the Kevin Costner, Costner. Exactly. But it kind of goes to the fact that like the Disney movie is based off a 19, I think it's like 1937 version of Robin Hood. Um, Like they just, what was it? 1952. Uh, There's a 1952 film called The Story of Robin Hood and His Merry Men. And that that was their original plan is just to do an animated version of that. And then one of the animators was like, no, I want it more like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. So they changed it into more of like a buddy comedy with Western themes. Yeah, they were going to make it into a Western. And so they hired as voice actors all of these famous guys who were Western movie Western stars. Western actors, yeah, exactly. 
So you had Phil Harris as Little John, who mm -hmm. is the bear who looks exactly like Baloo, and Phil Harris and, also voiced Baloo. Yep. Uh, which I'm sure, which I'm sure helped. There was and Andy Devine, Andy Devine, Friar yeah. Tuck, and he was an he was an actor that was in a bunch of John Wayne movies like throughout his career. That's what he was known for. Yeah, big western guy. My yeah. favorite though, uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham, Pat Buttram, which I just want to take a moment to appreciate the name Buttram. And he was he's been in a few things for for Disney. He was in the Aristocats as Napoleon. He was in the mm -hmm. Fox and the Hound as Chief. Um, he was in Back to the Future Part Three as a saloon old timer. Yeah, yeah, just kind of around. Um, he was. Oh, do you remember the movie A Goofy Movie? Yeah, I love A Goofy Movie. Remember when they go to the Possum Park? Uh, yes. He is the park MC. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, and uh, he was in Tiny Toon Adventures, and I remember the exact episode. And this is so weird to me that we're talking about this right now. Yeah. Because two days ago, I was thinking about this exact line. From an episode of Tiny Toon Adventures, where this bicycle salesman is trying to sell Buster a bicycle, and on a test drive, he's going insanely fast down an impossibly steep gradient, and he hits the brakes, and he stops directly on a dime that he had taped to the ground earlier. And wow. he said, stops on a dime. And I was thinking about like that exact voice, that moment, that exact yeah. line. And that was, it was him, Bicycle Bob. Oh, wow. was also Pat Buttram. Yeah. It was one of the last things that he did. Terry Thomas plays the snake, Sir Hiss, which is Prince John's assistant or advisor yeah, or something. Yeah, like, like uh, he is the Grima worm tongue. To... <laughs> and he was a character actor throughout his career who... He had uh, a gap in his teeth and they he has made a it... Yeah, they yeah. made the snake's forked tongue like mimic that a bunch. Yeah, exactly. And he was often called the last gentleman of Hollywood. Like, that was in his obituary when he died. Why was he the last gentleman? Was everyone after him kind of a dick? Yeah, yeah, he was just notoriously, like, a really nice guy to everybody, even though he was this weird character actor that always got typecast because of the gap in his teeth. Ooh. So, like, he just had this reputation as being really great to work with and just a really nice person to be around. Also, so, while we're talking about the snake, Sir Hiss, I want to make a shout out to the animators of this movie for yeah. giving us a shot where it legitimately looks like a snake is folding his arm. Yes, it's it's my favorite. He's folding his arms over a basket and just goes like, hmm. It looks so anatomically correct. It it, it gives the emotion so perfectly. Yeah, it's just it's just such a well animated movie, and you can tell that the whole thing is done by hand because I was looking at all the character outlines, and every once in a while they become just like a little scratchy. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. Like that you can tell it's like okay, you had to draw that exact thing over and over and over and over and over because it was 1973. So pop quiz for you, pop quiz hotshot. Mm. Are you ready for this? How the turntables bring Ooh. the DJ. Ooh, all right, that's all right, Dylan John. Where or how does Robin Hood get his name? Where does Robin Hood get his name from? Um, he wears a hood and he's out there robbing people. Bingo. That's oh it. Oh my god, I got it. Oh my god, I got it. <laughs> Seems obvious. When I read that, that like traditionally that's where the the idea of the character was, is that there was a bunch of there was a bunch of robbers that would wear hoods and rob from the rich. And that's where the folk legend comes from. It's just a robber who wears a hood. So Robin Hood, there you have it. It blew my mind when I read that over the summer. I was like, because for whatever reason, I thought Robin Hood was a real person. 
I was just like, oh, oh yeah, a historical Rob... figure, not just a story. Yeah, I was like, well, you know, it's like King Arthur, you know, a real person, real king. Of you England. thought King Arthur was real? Yeah. Is is King Arthur not real? No, not that I know of. I thought King Arthur was real. I thought it was a real thing. Should we use the power of the internet? To... I think we should. I think we should. Was King Arthur a real person? Historians cannot confirm King Arthur's existence, uh... though some speculate that he was a real warrior who led British armies against Saxon invaders in the 6th century. The source for that was Britannica, so I'm inclined <laughs> to trust it. Perfect. Listeners, call in if you think King Arthur was real. We don't do calls. We don't <laughs> what? hand out our phone numbers on the Hello? internet. Hello? We're teaching our children internet Hello? safety. We need to model it, too. King Arthur is real? Is that what you said? Oh, thank you, listener, who just called in. What do you think of that acting? Was that pretty good? I'm glad you're a director, Dylan. All right. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, before we get into like the real plot of this thing, a little background into the movie. Robin Hood uh, originally started the the idea to make a Fox led movie at Disney started right after their big first big hit, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. And the the company was like, you know what? We want to jump on this animation train. We're going to we're going to make a Fox movie and they were going to make Renard the Fox which apparently is another folktale. I've never heard of it. What is, wait, Renard the Fox? Renard the Disney the Fox. was about to hang their hats on yeah. Renard the Fox? Right after Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. They were like, that's the next project, Renard the Fox. That's what we're going to do. Uh, and then they changed their minds. And But every, like, 10 years, they would bring it back up. Like, oh, you remember that Fox movie we're going to do? Yeah, yeah, we should do that Renard the Fox movie. And they just never did. And then finally, uh, in the in the 1968, uh, some of the animators were having a dinner and one of them was like, you know, we should really do like another folktale to our next thing. And someone brought up Robin Hood and like, oh, great. Oh, you know what we should do? Make Robin Hood a fox. That we way we can the get the thing. We should do the fox thing. So they merged the ideas together and came up with Robin Hood as a fox. It was something that was floating around Disney for decades before they actually did it. Yeah, it's I mean, I like seeing the journey of it. And it's good to remind yourself that it takes a long time to see something actually like happen. Yeah. 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 Well, and the other interesting thing is that one of the animators leading up to Robin Hood, uh he uh originally wanted to make it more like a sequel to The Sound of the South. Wait, what? Wait, what? Just because of the anthropomorphic animals? Or yes. like, they, I yep. don't know what they have in common. Yeah, they had nothing in common, which is why the other animators were like, no, 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 no. In addition to this being a totally problematic movie now, like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. So they like just curtailed it right away. But this one animator, uh, what was his name? Ken Anderson was really really gunning for that for whatever reason so yeah if no accounting for taste i guess no or, no well let's just leave him all. in the annals of history pop quiz hot shot well this time i want to give you a chance at getting this right Ooh, okay a chance now the uh the director of this movie yeah uh, there were there were two of them uh mm -hmm. david hands who mm -hmm. directed bambi yeah. And uh, Wolfgang Reiterman. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to say that Wolfgang was you know, probably the uh, the primary director on, on this one. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, can you name 
three movies that Wolfgang Reitherman would have directed other mm. than let's see Robin Hood. Well, I believe it was the Jungle Book. Is Jungle Book is them. one of them. Ding ding ding. Uh, the Aristocats is another one. Yes, he did that one too. Yeah, and I want to say the Sword in the Stone. Is, he did that. Is yep. Yeah. There nice. you go. You did it. You got three. We are just acing these quizzes today. Yeah, we are this smart. is smart. It, it's almost as if we did our research ahead of time this time. Yeah. Maybe. In addition, uh, he also directed uh, The Rescuers, The Fox nice. and the Hound. Uh, he also directed a bunch of Winnie the Pooh stuff. Yeah, he did Sleeping Beauty too. And I think. Sleeping Beauty, yeah, he was yeah. a sequence director on that one. He wasn't the main director, but he was still, you know, calling shots. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's something else interesting. Going back to the cast real quick, Maid Marian and Lady Cluck, who Maid Marian is another fox, and yes. Lady Cluck is a chicken who is Carol her... Shelley. Yes, Carol Shelley, and Monica Evans as Maid Marian. So both of them were in the original Broadway production of The Odd Couple. Yeah, that's and then right. I both of that. them were in the Aristocats together, and they were just best friends their entire lives. So, like from the moment they did The Odd Couple to the end of their lives, they were just best friends. And oh, they that's just so happened nice. to do these things because, like, their relationship in this movie is really solid. Like, they have a really great especially for, you know, animated movie, like their their relationship just works really well. Yeah, I love seeing that transfer over. Yeah, it's nice. And then we haven't even talked about the, the actor who plays Robin Hood himself. No, we haven't. Who is he? Brian, Brian Bedford. Brian Bedford. Did not really do any animated stuff before this. He was doing Shakespeare in the Park in L.A. And the animators happened to go see him. And they were like, oh, well, he's cool. Let's, let's like his voice. Him. Yeah, they liked his voice. And they knew they were looking for like a British accent. For a British, exactly. So they so can like, hear one and they hear him trying to do one in Shakespeare in the Park. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And he didn't really do any other animated movies after this. He just went back to the stage and he did theater the rest of his life. I will say it kind of sounded when I was listening to it, and I'm a little critical, I, I think, of, of voiceover stuff sometimes, yeah. but I was listening to it and there were a few times where I'm like, yeah, this just sounds this just sounds like a dude talking on a stage. This doesn't yeah. sound like he doesn't sound like he's a fox walking across a street, yeah. which is a weird criticism to give someone <laughs> from like 60 years or however long ago it was. In yeah, the past. exactly. But like, uh, yeah, I get it. You can, you yeah, can that tell. makes sense. Yeah, and, yeah, it, totally and, and, and the movie is still a product of its time. It still has like these elements of 1970s filmmaking yeah. that make some of those films just way longer than they need to be, and just so easy to check out of. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, staying on your B roll for way the heck too long. Yeah, or having a sudden slow romantic <laughs> musical number, <laughs> which is what the children crave. It's what they need. The song is just simply called Love. 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 It only seems like it was yesterday. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, But it was nominated for an Academy Award when this movie came out in 1973. Like Best Original Song? Yeah, Best Original Song. It did not win. Did it win? It did not. No, it did not win because you know why? It is slow. (laughs) Because it's slow. But people, (laughs) some people love it. I mean, just as a for instance, Wes Anderson 
uh, used it in the Fantastic Mr. Fox because he loved Robin Hood so much. I was thinking that there were a lot of similarities between this and the Fantastic Mr. Yeah. Fox. But the music in the rest of the movie is done by a country musician named Roger Miller. Roger Miller. And is he the voice of the rooster? He is the voice of the rooster as well. What was the rooster's name? Alan Adale? Alan Adale, yeah. So what do you know about Roger Miller? Do you know anything about Roger Miller? Nope, but I know that that uh, theme song to Robin Hood uh, that he does... If you speed it up, you know, it turns into the hamster dance. It It is. They use that to sample the, the hamster dance is just the second verse of the opening song of Robin Hood. It's sped up by like 60%. There's a YouTube video where you can watch uh, the verse that they took it from and then watch the hamster dance and you can see how similar it is. It used to be a website. Like, I mean, this thing is old, right? Like, I mean, this thing is... It's called like the original meme. It's like 98, I think. So it it was the original internet meme is the hamster dance. Yeah, just rows of animated hamster gifs dancing yep. to you know what they call the hamster dance song, but it's yeah, it's it's just played at twice the speed, the theme to Robin Hood. Yeah, which is called the whistle stop song. The whistle stop song. Ooh, that's good trivia to remember. The interesting thing, when I rewatched this with Mal for the first time, at the end. The whole talk about taxes, you know, and that that taxes are being stolen from the people to feed the rich. Well, they're not uh, being stolen. They're being lawfully taken. It's just that the law is cruel and unjust exactly. and enforced unreasonably. Yeah, it it it's a very progressive message. And it's something I didn't really think about. I mean, it's also pretty it's also just a, a pretty simple one, right? Like if it like there's a lot of politics that go on in the Robin Hood story with, you know, Prince John trying to usurp the seat of King Richard while he's yeah. out on crusades. And by the way, in this particular 1973 Robin Hood movie from Disney, um, it is established early on that Sir Hiss, the snake, the, the snake. advisor to Prince John, <laughs> hypnotized King Richard and sent him off to the Crusades himself. Yeah, exactly. Which is incredible. Yeah, and they call it like the crazy, oh, that crazy idea. We sent him out on that him. crazy crusade. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's a seven foot tall anthropomorphic lion killing people <laughs> out there because of where they live and who they worship. I love that like in this movie, King Richard is a is a lion with a full mane and like you know what you would think of when you think of like a big robust male lion oh yeah and then uh prince john is not he doesn't have a mane he's just like a, a lion they, they do their best to infantilize him as much as oh, possible absolutely. they put him in baggy clothes the crown is too big the crown is too um, big he sucks his thumb N he has yeah, this thing about much. his mother being mentioned yeah um, anytime his yeah. mom mentions he he says mommy and, and not giving him uh not giving him main yeah it was a was a I think really strong character design choice. Uh, he does. It's the same voice actor for both, though. Yeah, which I both. think is great because it's like yeah. you get to hear two sides of the coin of the same this guy's actor. voice. Yeah, exactly. And it's two very distinct characters, but it, it works perfectly. Thinking like they're brothers, and it's like, oh, one sounds that, like this sniveling coward, and the other <laughs> is, you know, the, the rightful king of England. Yeah, and there that's were what some always delightful animation choices oh yeah in this like this movie is fun to look at uh first of all like the hand-drawn quality it, it's it's beautiful there's just it something is. about that like hand-drawn you know frame by frame cell by cell mm -hmm. um that just looks good like all of these characters look great the the anatomy works so well for like you know the fox walking upright but they also choose some really interesting ways 
to handle Sir Hiss. Yeah. And one of my favorite things is he gets a balloon stuck around his head. Yes. And then he, and this should not work. He, I mean, yes, it's a cartoon, but it should not work. He takes big, deep breaths while he's, yeah. his head is inside <laughs> this sealed balloon. And somehow yep. he's able to blow the balloon up, which then makes him rise into the air. Yeah. And then he twirls <laughs> then he his little snake tail around like tail. a propeller to make him go places. And that was just that was just the coolest idea. Oh, yeah. That was the coolest looking way oh, to make yeah. that snake get around and be where he needed to Very be in the story. So. Yeah, it was such a cool idea to 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 solve the mobility issue that way. Well, that whole sequence at the archery thing is is nuts, isn't it? Every Robin Hood story has Robin Hood sneaking in in disguise to have an archery tournament. Uh, <laughs> he for whatever reason, himself as a stork this time. Yeah, as a stork. I think my favorite part of this whole thing is after Robin Hood is discovered, they have this huge fight. He and Maid Marian are flirting and talking about like, oh, we're going to have, you know, a dozen children and all while Robin Hood is fighting off all these rhinoceroses and elephants and stuff that work for Prince John. But and then, like the the weasel looking wolves. Yeah, the weasel looking wolves and like yeah, bows and arrows. Um, but then Clucky, uh, Maid Marian's, I don't know what her title is. Her but handmaiden. Her handmaiden. No, um, her handmaiden. Oh, nice. Yeah. May the dad joke be with you. Yeah. At at the end of this whole fight sequence, she, she goes through like a football sequence. She does. She I wanted to like, mention that because I, uh, I was listening to the music and I'm like, hey, that's the Wisconsin University yes. fight song on Wisconsin. They use on While this Wisconsin. chicken is lowering her shoulder and just plowing through defenders. And they do that thing in that in the fight where they that I love from these older animated movies where like you see people running back and forth between tents and stuff and they disappear It's like a Hanna-Barbera Scooby-Doo thing. Absolutely. I always think of it as like they did it in, in uh, Yellow Submarine, the Beatles cartoon as well. But then at one point they all end up at a tent and then all these rhinos and elephants just start running in the tent. So this giant circus tent is just running around. And like, Little John's riding on top of yeah, it. Yeah, and Little John's riding on top of it. It's It's very funny. I, when they're robbing Prince John at the beginning of the movie, that is hilarious. He kisses the ring and just like sucks off the jewels with his teeth. He's holding them in his gums. Yeah, exactly. Twiddling the knife like he's making a fire to drill a hole in the bottom of the treasure chest. And then yeah. He fills he fills the dress that he's wearing because he's because <laughs> this bear has disguised himself as a buxom woman. And, and then the, fills... the rhinoceros is suspicious, but then sees all the bulges <laughs> on the bear's costume and is like dang girl yeah i would risk it all yeah exactly and then little john just keeps filling his bra full of this of these gold coins which is just um, amazing the carriage has gold hubcaps as well so he's trying to steal these gold hubcaps like they're just robbing this guy blind and no one is noticing until uh in, until Robin Hood comes out of the cabin where he's disguised as like a fortune teller and little John is just in his underwear and that's it. He has his underwear and his crown and that's when he realizes that he's been robbed and it's just, it's, it's perfect. It's the so funny. Of the scene is very well done. I love how later on uh little John's in disguise again and he meets Prince John and he goes to kiss the hand. And yeah. He's like, and he's like, I lose more jewels that way. Yeah, exactly. Which like, 
means that maybe other people are also doing this. I think like, the one time was enough to traumatize him. I yeah, mean, maybe. Kind of like a kid, you know. But then at the end of the movie, so there's this whole one of the characters in the movie is Friar Tuck, uh, who is a badger, you know, who uh, is a man of the church. And uh, there's there's this great line reading he gives when um, the sheriff of Nottingham comes to arrest him. And the sheriff takes like the box of money that's being collected for the poor. Yeah, it's the says, poor box. And, yeah. and they just made a big show of these two mice giving their last farthing their last to the poor farthing. box. Exactly. And, the, and the, uh, I remember he says like, oh, you gave your last farthing. No one could possibly give it more than you did. Exactly. It's 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 a beautiful little moment. Um, but then at this the same time, actor, now they have literally nothing. They have they nothing. Have what's in the poor box? <laughs> exactly. Isn't that what now, it's there for? Now they now they need the poor box. Also, what happened to the literally thousands of dollars that Robin Hood and Little John, you know, for stealing all the money that they do and then yeah. reportedly giving them to the poor? The poor received very few coins in the course of this movie. Well, I'm just assuming that there's just a lot of poor out there. Do you think that they were trying to imply that poor people stay poor no matter how much money you give them? Oh, that would be interesting. With how progressive some of the other things in this movie are, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, yeah, it was 1973. That, was that also would make a lot of sense. So the friar has this line reading where he's like, that's the poor box to the yes. sheriff. I remember, I remember that vividly. Yeah, every time I hear that, it just makes me crack up. Like I just I remember that from when I was a kid and rewatching, and I was like, Yeah, I love that line. But then at the end of the movie, they introduce these two vulture characters who are working with the sheriff of Nottingham to guard the entire populace that the Prince John has put in jail for not paying their taxes. And like I said, it looks suspiciously like the vultures from the end of the jungle book. I, I believe they are the vultures from the end of the Jungle Book. Yeah, Nutsy and Trigger, which goes back to the Western aspect of the original movie they were thinking about making because they're setting up the gallows to hang the friar. And then they they actually maybe make you think Robin Hood dies at the end. Oh, well, just very briefly. That wasn't the original ending either. So like at the end, you oh, know, Robin I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, well, you know, Robin's uh, you know doing the jailbreak and getting everyone yeah. out and stealing all the money back. And then the castle gets set on fire and he climbs to the top of the spire and it looks like mm. the flames are going to get him and he jumps into the moat and then they fire a bunch of arrows into the moat and he dives under, but the arrows go down right where he did and you see his hat float up. Yeah. Um, you know, it's got all the makings of he's going to be, uh, you know, well, we're going to think he's going to die and then, he, yeah. and then he comes out and that's what happens. A little reed pops up and he swims to shore and squirts it in little John's face and everything's fine. Um, everything is so fine, in fact, that at that point, the narrator just steps in and goes, so then the king came back and made yeah. everything better, <laughs> and now they're going to go get married, so yep. hooray, the end. Huzzah. Uh, but what they were planning on doing initially was having Robin get grievously wounded, and oh. it's going to be like at a severe you know, disadvantage because of this wound, and they were going to have Prince John standing over him, getting ready to deliver a death blow with a sword, and that's when Richard was going to show up. Oh, and they were like, oh, we don't want, we just spent all this time infantilizing Prince John. Yeah, we don't, we don't want, want him to have this, like... Yeah, it'll change the kind of villain that he is, and it'll take yeah. away from the heroicness of Robin if, you know, he gets saved by the king at the end. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. 
Yeah, and then they have that sequence at the end where where Robin and uh, Maid Marian are riding away in their carriage. The, the part of that sequence that I remember, though, is the little rabbit boy trying to climb on to the carriage to go with them. And they're like, why are you going? Oh, he's going to have kids. Someone's got to look after them. And I'm like, wait, is he going to just abandon his kids? And also, yeah. you're a child. Listen, he's a kid who just spent time in jail for tax evasion. He's grown up real quick. Well, yeah, that is technically why he was in jail. <laughs> it was tax evasion. All the kids are in jail for tax evasion. All of them. Oh, look at you little felons. Yeah. Oh. Here's my question for you at the end of all of this. Is this a movie that you would show Rebel? And do you think Rebel would enjoy it? Because we've established that that Malcolm loves this movie. I mean, it's one of his favorites. He knows it backwards and forwards. Yeah, uh, I think she's watched it before, actually. And she was doing a little coloring game on her iPad while I was finishing it in the living room. And uh, she kept like looking up and you know being curious about it. Um, so, yeah, I think it checks a lot of boxes for I think I mean, it's fun to look at, you know. Oh, definitely. Yeah, this is a, this is a real good solid one. This is one of the best, I think, movies about the Robin Hood story. Uh, that's been put on film. I think in the top three are this one, the Kevin Costner one, and Mel Brooks's Men in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Absolutely. I always go the top three for me are like this one, Robin Hood Men in Tights, and then the old Errol Flynn, black and white Robin Hood. Along with all of that, I just love the music. And Malcolm does too. This is one of the things that he goes around singing to himself all the time. Well, he does the... Um, what's that song in the beginning? The Oh, Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest. All that stuff. He's, so he just walks around and sings that to himself. And his new thing that he does whenever he's singing is he'll look at me and say, Dad, dance. So ah. I have to like oh. dance to whatever he's singing. Like, it's cute at first, but as that yeah. stage progresses, you're like, I do know, I do not, I no longer wish to be commanded, child. Yes. We want to say thank you to our kids, Mal and Rebel. We want to thank our wives, Amy and Michelle. We want to thank Kevin Alves and Big Talk Podcasts. And we want to thank Jason Moody for our theme song. Come back and catch us next time on. Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.